Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Sorry, guys, I napped. I didn't mean to offend anyone. And then in the moment, she's like, Michael Jordan took naps. Fact. Abe Lincoln took naps. Fact. <laughs> I take naps. Why can't I take a nap? Why can't I take a nap? If Abe Lincoln takes a nap. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Good morning and welcome to our podcast, Alternative Medicine, where we talk about all the alternative medical facts affecting reality stars today, as well as, you know, people like you and like us. There have never been more alternative facts surrounding specific people's health. For example, I've completely lost circulation in my hands. She really needs to go to the hospital. It's a serious medical issue. But she's not giving up on the podcast, which I really respect. She really cares. She's here to do this. For for the right reasons, if you will. Um, that's why I'm soldiering on, putting my numb hands at risk to discuss last night's episode of The Bachelor. And we're joined by the lovely and wise Kayla Quinn, who has joined us here before. Thanks for coming back to the podcast, Kayla. Thanks, Claire, for having me. unusual episode of The Bachelor to discuss. I think maybe because it was set mostly in Nick's hometown that the whole tone of it felt a little different. Um, And there was the weird rose ceremony at the beginning, which I I always kind of hate when they do eliminations at the beginning and then not at the end. Yeah, and we're getting, we're seeing a lot more of that in recent seasons, but um, this was a a classic. Um, We had a big um, What's the word I'm looking for? Cliffhanger. We had yes, a big cliffhanger, as they call it, um, in the literary industry. At the end of the last episode, Corinne was in the bouncy house with Nick at the pool party. Straddling Nick at the pool and party. And Vanessa yeah. had something to say about it. She she's certainly the, did. I really like her. She, yeah, yeah, she's very eloquent, and she's not afraid to speak her mind, so good for her. And I like that she yeah. they replayed that great line that was like, I'm not judging Corinne, I'm judging you. Yeah. Yes. What did you guys think about Nick's response to that whole conversation? It felt like a very bachelor answer. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I totally respect. Thank you for bringing this up to me. I respect like the fact that you had the courage to talk to me about this. Keep doing it. He didn't really answer a question or solve any problems or say what he thought about Corinne. He just was like very, you know, 
I'm not going to touch the subject, but you're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, right. He was trying to affirm her while still being like, but I'm going to continue <laughs> yeah. um, dry humping Corinne. Yeah, he was like, here's the thing. <laughs> Let's move past all the stuff about whether I should be nakedly dry humping people. In and public? Really focus on the fact that <laughs> you. Let's talk about you for a second, Vanessa. Yeah. You're great. You're brave. And then they clip to everybody saying, I'm going to go home if she's here another week, which, of course, Never is... happens. No one ever yeah. goes home because someone they don't like stays. That's like someone saying they're giving up, like, sweets for the year for their New Year's resolution or they're going to work out all year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gave up alcohol for January, but then How's that going? I, I, I'm drinking a lot <laughs> okay. as it happens. Um, Desperate times. It's right as The Bachelor is premiering is a really bad time for me to give up wine. I don't know what I was thinking. Especially when they sent us like six bottles of Bachelor-themed yeah, wine that we Setting had to get through. Setting yourself up for failure, <laughs> yeah. guys. It wasn't a great idea. Um, and also, it obviously Nick had to keep Corinne even if he w- didn't want to, yeah. I think he kind of did. She's the most entertaining television personality. And she is made for a two on one. She's actually made for a two on one. I feel like because I think some of her actions are justified. I don't. I don't like how she comes across. I think it's a little aggressive. But I think I, I just, look at Corinne yeah. and I see someone who is just very spoiled, right? And that yes. doesn't mean that she's evil. Right. I don't, and that's I don't why think I she's like a fundamentally her as a bad. Right, she's she's a villain that you can get behind because they're entertaining, and you know, I look at her and I'm like, I'm not sure you're a person I would be best friends with in real life. Do I think you're a bad person? No, she's not malicious not. in any way. She's not attacking anyone or saying calling them names. Yeah, you know, everyone's you know calling her like spoiled, which isn't well, a bad one. I mean, I do think that she gets a little – she's like, I never call people anything. Taylor sucks. She's the worst. She's, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah. now you are actually are doing that. You just don't see it when you're doing it. She, I think right. she, she, she does lacks it, a little bit She does bit it in, of, the, in, the, in her in the moments, not really to the other girls. But she was, she did it to, to, with Josephine, Oh, with though. Josephine. That's true. Later, they were talking about how Corinne never talked shit about the other girls as they talked so much shit about Taylor. Yeah. Self-awareness is not, you know, Corinne's – most um, yeah, evident quality. I think the thing that bothers me the most about Corinne um, is the way that she constantly initiates conflict with the other girls. Mm-hmm. And then when they engage with her, she is like, why are you attacking me? And Very I'm defensive. like, well, because you came to them and said, if you have a problem with me, let's talk about it now. And then they said, OK, here's our problem with you. And then she tears up and says... I don't understand why you're saying this Yeah, because you asked them to. So that was kind of the one thing throughout this whole episode that prevented me from really getting on Team Corinne. But and you got to have a she's little conflict. She's not a bad person. Not, and you have yeah. to have conflict. She's a very or entertaining. Or it would be very boring. I have to say this entire episode, it was the most demure conflict I've ever seen in my life. I <laughs> felt like they could have been at a tea party. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. they're saying like, you know, this is these are the things you need to work on, and it's I see true. that you're not acknowledging that. So we're going to end the conversation. Yeah, it was like a you DAR know. meeting on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm jumping like ahead to Emily. Taylor at the end, no, but no, still. you're right. And that was the main conflict of the episode, so I think yeah. it's fine for us to kind of skip around. But and we do see so in the rose ceremony. Um, oh yeah, Corinne does get the last ceremony. rose, so she gets the punishment rose, right? That sends a rose. signal that. That Liz got on the first episode before she went home. Yeah, the you're on thin ice, Rose. Um, And before that, Taylor and Sarah went to get Corinne, who was sleeping. 
and maybe wasn't going to make the rose ceremony. And so they go kind of wake her up and sit on her bed and tell her directly, as she is always saying she wants, um, that girls are going to have a problem with her actions in the bouncy house, that it comes off as disrespectful and privileged. And Corinne says one of my favorite lines of the episode, (laughs) I am not privileged in any way, shape, or form. Except that she supposedly is inheriting a multi-million dollar company and also lives with her parents and also has a nanny I would, who makes I would want to phone a friend. We her. should all call Raquel, guys. Yeah. <laughs> She's a real determining factor here. Yeah. I know. Maybe Raquel is actually, you know, not even her nanny. Maybe she's just—Corinne is just doing it out of the goodness of her heart that she's letting uh, Raquel— Care for her every need. Care for her. She could be a family member. Yeah. She's like, I want to make my own cheesy pasta. I want to do my own laundry. (laughs) But I can't because I'm doing this act of kindness for Raquel. Magnanimous. She is. Yeah. And she worked so hard for that multi-million dollar company. Um, (laughs) When you're 24 and you have a multi-million dollar company that your dad also owned, there's only one conclusion, which is that you earned it. The American dream. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Taylor in her in the moment was unable to maintain a straight face at that assertion, which I did not blame her You know, for. the funny thing about Taylor is I think she's just using her aggression against Corinne because she's kind of frustrated with her own relationship with Nick because we don't see a lot of them together and maybe she sees other people kind of moving forward. But I think the fact that she keeps, you know, stirring this conflict is because she's bored. She's just a catty old woman in a house full of other women. <laughs> I mean, I did. I do think that we saw in previous episodes that Taylor was very intent on staying out of conflict with Corinne. Mm-hmm. And now that maybe there is less contact between her and Nick and she's getting a little frustrated, it's harder for her to, to stay, out. stay out. It's harder for her to focus on a relationship that doesn't really I exist. also just feel like Taylor yeah. and Corinne are just two people who— whose personalities do not oh, mesh. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Agreed. And, right, which is they cast for that. They want at least some of it. I mean, these women overall are really nice to each other, and they get along really well, all things considering. But this is a show. You yeah. need to have conflict. And, like, these are two also two younger women. You know, they're 23 and 24. And I think Taylor— she has good intentions, but she also sort of exploits the fact that she has had all of this communication training and and at times comes off a little bit condescending. While I feel like I personally relate more to Taylor than I do to Corinne, I could see how her tone in certain situations could come off a little bit I do want to talk about that conversation when we get to it in detail, though, because— I feel like it could be read in so many different That's ways. That's true. Okay, yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. So, rose ceremony. Um, um, who goes home? Kristen and Brittany. Brittany. Yeah. Brittany, who we really was, hardly saw speak ever. Yeah, I was so sad that Kristen went home, though. I, I know, really I liked, liked her. her. Yeah. I liked her, too. Aside that it looked like the fact that it looked like it was always raining— like on her hair before (laughs) she would get on camera. Other than that, I love everything she said and she was someone people could confide in and then she disappeared. I don't know why. I... I have to say that I suspect it has something to do with the fact that Nick is very sexual and she is waiting for marriage. Oh, that's it. And it oh, ne- but it never that came up. And I, I wonder if they did talk about it and they just didn't choose to have that as a storyline. Right. I, I have Maybe. to That wonder. was my suspicion. And someone tweeted that um, at me as well because 
that seems like a big mismatch. That would be a big gap in their individual needs in a long-term relationship. I have to say, I, I have, really like Kristen. I've chatted with Nick before about sex, and he's like, everyone should just get it out of the way. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. people make it like a big, bigger deal than it is. And so I think I could see him talking to her as a friend saying, like, you should just have sex yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they just have different philosophies, and it's just wasn't a great— Yeah. Yeah. And then Brittany, we kind of saw coming. She was, like, having the tears way too soon into the rose ceremony. She knew. Yeah. Also, we've just hardly seen her connect with Nick. I mean, she was—the only thing we saw was that once she was half naked and looked amazing standing next to him. I'm sure that that really helped her get through to the next week. (laughs) Um, And props for that. But— it wasn't happening. And she, yeah. she once you're into that, this, fa- this far in and we've hardly heard you speak, like you're not going to go that far. And she gets the chance here to say, you know, I always used to laugh at the girls who cried when they got sent home on the rose ceremony night. But now I'm here. I really understand. And I kind of like when they break the fourth wall like that. Yeah. Um, because the girls who are on the show now mostly have watched it for their whole yeah. lives. and. Right. A lot of them have had their opinions and have been in the seat that we're in now. And it, it's different when you're actually there. And it's part of the whole environment of the show. It's not just who the women themselves are. And that's important to keep an eye on. Although then she says, I've just been single for so long. And I was like, Brittany, you're a fetus. How is that possible? <laughs> she looks so young. She does. Like you're going to be okay. Her whole life, you're going to be she okay. She could not have been single for that long. Okay. Um. And then Corinne. Oh, another epic speech. If I was in the house, like, that would drive me insane. Okay, so yeah. basically how it works at the end of the night, like, at the end of a rose ceremony, they hand everyone champagne. Of course, they do that classic. Everyone toast because we're all friends. What, what time we is survived. it usually? Yeah. It's usually, like, 2 in the morning, okay. 3 in the morning. Everyone's really exhausted. I don't even know if I'd want a glass of champagne at that point. I'd be like, I, I want a I feel like yeah. Corinne, with all due respect— Always wants a glass of champagne. <laughs> Probably. And she just get an when I was 24, I did too. <laughs> That's fair. But basically at the end of the rose ceremony, they hand everyone champagne and they're like, okay— and then they call out names. You make a speech. Now you make a speech. And oh. so she's probably one of like six or seven girls that made a speech. And, and then so, they just choose one. And they and I think they choose whatever is like convenient to the plot line. And hers was, of course, really awkward and drawn out <laughs> and seemed really unprepared. And so they used that one. Oh, my God. Wait. I didn't realize that they did that. That's oh, hilarious. Because yeah. normally feel- when they show up toast, it's someone just being like, to another week of getting to know <laughs> yeah. Nick, our it, yeah, wonderful they're usually not husband. Um, several minutes long. Right. And I think she really tried to think through that one, hoping they would edit like two words and saying like to Nick and I. And then <laughs> but she just kept drawing it on. And I I remember my season, I was like always want to be like, I'll take his I'll make a speech. I'd like raise my hand and make it first. And they're like, okay, Kayla, we get it. <laughs> and they yeah. never used any of them. <laughs> they never were plot thickeners. But you know, this one just seemed a little uh a little drawn out. Yeah, she wanted to use her speech, I like, I guess, to send a message to mm-hmm. the other women that she sees them. She knows. <laughs> She's not a dumbo. This comes up later as well. She knows they don't like her. And, of course, she does know because Taylor and Sarah just sat her down and told her that. Um, oh, we, we also skipped over the fact that, that Corinne keeps saying things that are in the moments, like— you do you, girl. I'm a do me. Yeah. And I get to stay and make out with Nick for another week. Come and get it. And she, she just says the most amazing thing. She wants to be a blow-up doll with a little button and little catchphrases. <laughs> yeah. And she's just trying out all these catchphrases to one sticks. 
Oh man, she would make a like that that started out wrong. <laughs> she would be a great model for like a character. You yeah. know, she has all of these brand ready catchphrases. Yeah. She could be an SNL character. I'm honestly really surprised it. they haven't parodied her on SNL yet. I know. Like continued guys. Yeah, like if Lace got yeah, the, more beer the SNL treatment. Yeah. I mean, I was with Olivia this morning and she hung out with Corinne over the weekend. Yeah, what? So did she you was, get to meet Corinne? I didn't get to. Um, she didn't reach out to me. But basically, I don't want to speak for Olivia, but what I gather is, you know, I don't know. I should say <laughs> We're this. like staring at Kayla. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think I think she really enjoys this. Um, kind of attention and you know she's it sounds like she's playing this character she's having fun with it yeah exactly not playing a character but she knows what she's She's doing she's playing it up yeah Yeah. no that makes a lot of sense based on what we've seen and I have to respect that she is good at it yes the the words that come out of her mouth I would not be able to be as entertaining as she is so I I can't be entertaining on this podcast to that degree and this is my job what's so funny is I feel like everyone's pretty much affirming how crazy she is or like every every time everywhere I read everyone's like I, I enjoy she's entertaining in a good way I think it is refreshing after the last like few the the last two Bachelor franchise seasons we've had, the villain has been Chad. Yeah. And this is such Right, and before that, real... it was, you know, Olivia, which, as we know, felt very manipulated by yes. edits and wasn't quite true to her personality. So this is, feels more back to the, like— yeah, there's a lot a, of authentic, an entertaining a lot of bachelor villain produced material. Yeah. Also, this entire Karen. season has felt very layered in terms of plot lines. I don't know about you, but you know, had the whole Liz factor, and then on top of that, like you know, that whole yes. wedding thing, and then this. Um, it's not only Taylor who has an issue with her; it's like different like, people coming up. So yeah. it's like interesting. Yeah, there's a lot in this episode too. I I thought we saw some good connections forming and. I want to talk about that. So let's talk about the dates. They go to Wisconsin. They go to Milwaukee, Nick's hometown. And um, have you ever seen women so anyone so I felt excited? So bad. Chris to is go so to Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> he came in and said, "You are about <laughs> to travel to take, the world. Travel the world with uh-huh. Nick. You are going to Milwaukee." And they were already screaming with excitement. So they yeah. had to try so hard to maintain that level of enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. Where was the first place you guys went once you left the mansion? We went to Vegas first. That's more fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Milwaukee is a beautiful city. It is a city. Um, I feel like it is that one was, of the few cities. In <laughs> that was super edited. I feel like the producers were like, "That wasn't a good reaction. Give us yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was like a third take. <laughs> I think they would have been off the couch. Yeah, if, yeah. if they'd been going to Thailand or something. Right. Um, so they all travel together. That gets a whole montage. Nick is in Milwaukee, meets with his parents. Mm-hmm. His family, like, I just really have to—they are the MVPs. Yeah. They have had to do this so many times. Nick's mom just immediately teared up. I think <laughs> yeah. she's like, please just Find please make this the last time yeah. you do this to me. She's like, she's I don't want to leave. Chic. Yeah. I, I was very confused by his dad. Who looks way too young to be Nick's dad, and I, I think they wasn't just sure good. at first if he was the like dad. the dad. Really? I was like, "Who is this guy?" Someone um, tweeted that his mom in. is like sixty-eight. She looks amazing. Yeah, she does. 
I mean, she also had like a million kids, right? Yeah, they eleven, big, eleven kids. That's a big family. It's yeah. a lot of pregnancy. Yeah, you know what they say? Um, when you're pregnant, you like glow and you look younger. She just she, kept yeah. that she, going. Yeah, forever. the fountain of youth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, key to life is get pregnant. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's what like, they. It's too many years of being pregnant. For or at me, least like personally. if you have. Like, a lot of sex, it definitely gives you a glow as well. That's right. true. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many kids Nick wants to have. Oh, God. They should all be asking that. Yeah. They should be like, <laughs> I know wait, just what to clarify. Yeah. womb can handle. <laughs> um, and so they say they hope he's never on the show again. I think everyone agrees mm-hmm. on that. They're pretty cute. And then he greets the whole gang of girls, and he whisks Danielle away. She gets the first one-on-one. And... They just sort of walk around. It's very casual. The town. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. It felt very yeah. different tonally from most dates it that was, feel very produced. Like it obviously was it casual. was produced, but it didn't feel as produced. Yeah. I mean, Nick just gave her the tour of all the places he's made out with other women. Yeah, he's Basically, like, look, this yeah. patch of grass, <laughs> I had sex there. Yeah, this library. Don't worry, guys. I totally didn't do nerd things like study. I just made out with girls there. There, there was a point where he was like. <laughs> Yeah, I hooked up in this field, but don't worry. It wasn't right here. <laughs> right, this right. patch of grass is fresh and clean for us. It is our special new place, virgin ground. <laughs> there is one piece of land where I in have not I've had yeah, to filed with my previous romantic exploits. The rest of it, though. What the you guys didn't see, cause. though, is he actually has a map that he's laid out that has all yeah. his points. It's, it's square by square. Yes, so that Danielle Elle can take notes. And later, there's going to be a pop quiz. Oh, God. Little, like, condoms, like, pinned on. And then to, you know, the whole climax of the thing is he met his ex, you know? Just by complete (laughs) random chance. What? You're here? In my hometown? So (laughs) crazy. Why do you have a microphone on? This is so convenient. Let's talk about how amazing I am. How good (laughs) was I for three months? Also, for the ex to sit down and be like, so, Danielle, (laughs) do you have any burning questions or concerns? And yeah. what are your feelings? <laughs> the question and answer that came out <gasps> sounded so much like word salad that I couldn't really process what it yeah, was. Yeah, I, I Danielle I have no asked idea. something, and then the ex said something about Nick being heart driven. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Danielle I was like, that was really good to leading hear. Up to that as well. Yeah. What happened? I don't know, but apparently. <laughs> It really was positive. It was good. And we know that Nick is good friends with his exes, which is apparently why he has so many female friends. So it, it ended Nick up being a positive experience. And starts off by sitting, you know, like a triangle with both of them and turning to his ex and being like, you look really good. <laughs> I'm like, Nick, yeah, what like, are really you doing? Good. He's warming her up. He's like, yeah. don't say anything bad about me. This is a compliment. Yeah. Stay on my side. Remember when we broke up because I said you're getting fat? Don't think about that right now. <laughs> yeah. You look great now. Um, she was married, right? I saw uh Oh, I didn't band. take note. Yeah. Probably. They probably found a married ex that was willing to Yeah, who'd only dated this. him for three months. Yeah. Um, but not Caitlin. But also on the date, I just have to note, they did that whole cookie decorating, which was so cute. Yeah. But I was really sad that they, like, smushed them together. If I spent all that time, like, making Putting this masterpiece— I know. She and was like, like don't oh, we're doing a cute thing now where they're talking to each other. And then he was like, no, they're having cookie sex. They're, <laughs> yeah. like, getting sloppy. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's like, oh. There goes my labored over decoration. Last two hours. Two nervous <laughs> yeah. Well, it was really just an excuse to get messy so they could, like, lick frosting off each other. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then they have their evening date at a bar 
with other people in it. It was so noisy, right? Yeah. I really liked it. Really? Because normally bachelor dates are so stale. A weird, empty room. Yeah, I get that. And it feels like no dating environment you've ever actually been on. Wasn't there another season where someone – was it was it Ben's season where, like, they – there was some after date with, like, the lead's friends and they went to yeah, a bar. Yeah, I think that was yeah. Ben. And also, like, I think that happened with Chris. With Whitney. Whitney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that – I, I kind of like when they do that. Yeah, you get a better sense of – a better, a more natural feeling – about a date. I bet you it's way easier to film, too. You don't feel like everyone's staring at you. Exactly. Yeah. I right. Wonder, I always feel like it's presented as these fantasy dates. Right. And it actually seems like a nightmare. Like, you're alone in this well, cavernous don't worry. everyone's staring at you. I must say, though, you. like, Raven's date where they were in the museum alone, like, I don't know. I'm kind of a sucker for that. Where yeah, it feels like a little special. Cool. I, I'm more horrified by the fact that Danielle L. had to endure two public on a stage serenades and makeout sessions True. in front of hundreds yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. She took it well. She took it well. Well, he yeah. was like, she handled it well the first time, so I'm going to give her the secret concert date. <laughs> she probably got there and was like, again? Yeah. I already did this Step with the Backstreet Boys. Danielle. You can't top the Backstreet Boys. I really liked Danielle this episode because I haven't really seen her develop as a character, and she really shared the fact that, you know, her parents are divorced and that has affected her and um, that she's a little more guarded and and I think his reaction was really telling that they, you know, have a connection. Yeah. He's I, very flirtation. He I pulled her in. Oh, he's into of, her. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely saw a lot of chemistry between them. Um, and I've I've had my eye on Danielle from the start because she reminds me so much of Andy Dorfman visually. Like she, right. she has that like long dark hair and that perfect looking heart-shaped face and she just has that bounce and energy um not like a also she was the first out of the limo and they the usually same. put someone yeah. first out that they think the lead will connect with and he's definitely drawn to her i think it'll be interesting to see if it ends up going past that right but you could see a lot of chemistry going on and I did think it was interesting that she said that she didn't want to rush into marriage because of her parents' divorce mm-hmm. um, because The Bachelor is just pretty much only about <laughs> rushing into marriage. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to judge her too harshly for that because I know they could have edited out a very rational explanation. But I thought that was a little bit odd. No, I mean. Yeah. I mean, she's she's optimistic. She's hopeful. She's like, maybe this will be. Well, I mean, just because you get engaged doesn't mean you're going to get married. That's true. That's it's true. Just, it's I, just about making that connection. I also feel like, like you were saying, that these women have grown up now watching the show probably a lot. And you, I feel like the engagement, because it's part of the ceremony of the show, is just treated as like, and now we're going to date. Right, exactly. Yeah. Except unless you have a TV wedding six months later. You know, at least right. you didn't go, like, take it too far in the cliche bachelor phrase where she's like, I think he's the one, you know. I see, I'm already you know, falling in love with him. Exactly. Yeah, it's day one. So she didn't go that way, which is good. I can definitely see how it would be really, like, unsettling to see your parents have what seemed like a great romance. And then right. one day your dad is like, actually, I'm over this. That, that would terrify me. I also liked, though, Very that Nick, when she said, like— she referred to her parents' divorce as a flaw, and his response was just like, wait, you, you think that's a flaw? And I thought yeah. that was great because I think that often on this show, um, divorce is treated as like a moral failing because yeah. it's 
something that I guess somewhat like any breakup flies in the face of the premise of like finding someone and staying together, which is the arc of the show, even though we know like people break up all the time that meet on this show. Yeah. Uh, So I I enjoyed that, you know, a lot of people are divorced. It's not. Yeah. It's it's just a fact of life. It's a hereditary thing. It's like, oh, your parents are still together. Cool. I'd like to be together forever, too. That means you. Right. Yeah. Or I don't know. Going to be better at having a relationship. It's weird. We kind of saw both sides of the divorce conversation because she sort of says, I think of divorce as a flaw that my parents are divorced. And then later Raven says, you know, I think it's cool that our parents are both still together. Not many people can say that. And I was like, well, a lot of people can say that. It's not like only 2% of people are still married by the time their kids are grown up. Like, still a pretty solid percentage. Solid block. It also doesn't, yeah, it's not an indicator of a connection. No. Right. Oh, yeah, you know, your parents are still together. It means yeah. we're going to, like, make yeah. a match. I know. Exactly. I met exactly. this great guy. Um, our parents God. have the same relationship yeah. status. Yeah. So uh, I think it's, it's going to go far. Oh, also we have to talk about how the country singer at the concert looked exactly like Nick. Yeah. It was weird they had the same haircut they had the same beard they were wearing the same style of jacket in a similar color mm-hmm. what the hell I, was happening how did the heck did you notice that yeah i didn't even notice that because they cut to the singer and the hairstyle and the beard was so noticeable and then i was like wait the jacket is really similar they like twins on the show yeah no, <laughs> they're like true. which one yeah. are you gonna pick as, as we know yeah I think she should have uh, considered just getting to know a different guy. You know, you can't just go for the one who's right in front of you. Ultimate test. So we're going to take a quick break now, but stick around. When we get back, we'll have even more with Kayla. Stay with us. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, 
something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house— my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. 
And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get back to the show, have you had a chance to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes? If not, now is the perfect time to subscribe and give us a rating. Every time we get a new subscription or review, our show climbs the iTunes chart, which helps other people discover our show. Okay, now back to the show. So then we get to what I believe is really the heart. Of this episode. <laughs> the group date on Say a farm. Cheese. Let's milk Say it, cheese. guys. I know. Oh, I yeah. was sad they didn't have them wearing cheese hats while on this date. Like, if you're going to yeah. go full Wisconsin dairy farm, well, like, really go for it. They couldn't wear a designer on the farm, Emma. <laughs> no white jeans. And then they, yeah. keep, then they point to the girl with white jeans. I know. Why would you wear white jeans if you were specifically told not to wear white jeans? That bothered me so yeah. much. It's like you were given one guideline. Don't wear white pants. That's true. And you wore white pants. And now you have poopy all over them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this group date is Vanessa, Rachel, Alexis, Jamie, Jasmine, Whitney, Sarah, Astrid, Christina, Taylor, Josephine, Danielle, M., and Corinne, which leaves Raven with the last one-on-one. Uh, yes. And Raven is just giddy, both because she gets the <laughs> one-on-one, but equally because Corinne does not. Yeah. I kind of enjoy Raven's slight pettiness over that. I thought it was kind of entertaining. Raven is interesting to me because I'm liking her more as we're seeing a little bit of her spunk. But I'm also liking her less because I'm seeing a little bit of, like, more classic judgment there. Like, a little more girl-on-girl traditional rivalry. Like, he's my man and, like, I don't want her to have him sort of attitude 
Um, it seemed Corinne-specific, but yeah. But it comes out a little bit in her one-on-one, too, which we'll get to later. Okay, so um, they go on to the date, and it's at a dairy farm. And Corinne is not pleased because she would much rather be at a spa being fed a chicken taco, which, like, I suppose I, too, would— like to be fed tacos at a spa over being on a farm. Honestly, Although I've never I, been to a yeah. spa where tacos were I just available. don't think they'll produce a very interesting dynamic for reality television. If sitting at a like spa today's date is, they're all just going to sit here <laughs> being called paradise. While <laughs> yeah, that's true. Tacos. That is very true. Yeah, were there, were there tacos on paradise? Oh, unlimited tacos, guys. <laughs> oh, they had taco, yeah, taco tubs. continues to affirm my belief that paradise is the better deal. <laughs> but there's no air conditioning. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, Corinne, she's, you know, had multi-million dollar businesses before so I think a taco spa could have potential that I agree yeah she's like look dad I know we have a flooring company but I have a new idea yes it's a taco spa (laughs) I bet he would love it if he could just give her do this project sweetie yeah let's get you a little like a little business Raquel will be your business manager and uh, let's see how that goes. Forget the seaweed wrap, crunch wrap <laughs> supremes, Taco Bell over here. Just gets her a Taco Bell franchise and then has her put in a massage chair. <laughs> oh, my God. But then yeah. her hands were cold, so hopefully they have hand massages oh at the spa as well. You guys, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the— concerns here. <laughs> I'm excited for, like, the People Mag reveal that she has Raynaud's that routinely sends her to the hospital, yeah. which, you know— I do. I was honestly surprised that they didn't milk this to the extent where they like sent the um, medic. Yeah, I feel like that that happens like once a season. If the medic doesn't even come, you were not almost hospitalized on The Bachelor. They are so ready to send in the medic. Her clearly just being like, "My hands don't feel great. I'm tired. I don't like this. I'm gonna go sit out." To like, I had a very serious medical condition and I almost died and I had to go to the ER. I can't believe you're upset with me. I almost went to the hospital. What I do appreciate is Nick didn't really play into that whole attention-seeking, you know, I'm going to sit on this rock dramatically alone moment. That's true. Yeah. You usually would see a moment where they were like, are you okay? And yeah. then the girls get angry. It was sort of just like, oh, Corinne's being Corinne. Right. Yeah. And instead they pan to him like hugging some girl we haven't seen at all <laughs> until today. Yeah. I don't even know. Who was it? Was that one tall, skinny girl? Josephine? Whitney? No. Astrid. 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 Whitney? It was Astrid. Yeah. <laughs> Astrid and Whitney Astrid, look a Whitney, lot alike. They do. Um, and they're both um, tall and have dark hair and have not spoken. Yeah. I did so. really appreciate that because you see him sort of note that she's left and the girls <laughs> say, yeah, she just took off. Did she didn't she want leave, to do it. Um, and he's sort of like, okay. Right. She, like, she yeah, left yeah. during the <laughs> He just notes the it, shoveling it segment. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't want to shovel poopy. She doesn't want to. It reminded me of when there was that girl, Trina or something, and she said in her questionnaire that she her biggest fear was getting DD on a date. Like, I have no diarrhea. What's she oh, ne- yes. And she didn't make it into the season at all. I was oh. so disappointed because I hoped that we would hear a little bit of that. And now we're getting Corinne <laughs> yeah. saying poopy. And it's so weird and exciting. Um because, like, it just feels—it's so infantile. Like, it's exactly what how you'd expect a 24-year-old with a nanny to talk. Oh, yeah. Like, she can't even say poop. I mean, she—and and she couldn't handle the flies. She couldn't handle milking of cows. She can't handle been... farm chores. No. She can't even—she doesn't know how to do any chores. That was an astounding line. 
My thing is, like, this is the experience where you overcome fears and you try new things. And even (laughs) though, like, it's, like, against your morals, why not try it once? And um, I don't know. She was standing firm. She wasn't going to touch it. I I mean, that could have been kind of fun to learn how to milk a cow. She was saying, like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it really gives him some insight into, you know, your dexterity. Um, Who likes to touch an udder? Exactly. Jamie went for it. Yeah. She she did did a great job. And Nick, of course, is like, why am I not surprised? And I was like, I don't know. It looks more like a penis to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the thing, like, this is clearly the date that is maybe seems a little demeaning. But the point is, you're only going to know these girls for a couple months. You really have to shove them out of their comfort zone so that you can get that sense of what they're like in an adverse situation. Also, you just have fun with it. You know, you had Jasmine who also, like— is not into, you know, doesn't spend a lot of time on farms. She was like, this is not really my speed, yeah. but, like, Jasmine I'm just go for it and, and Josephine were wearing white. They They were shoveling. still shoveling um, literal shit. Yeah, because what you're <laughs> demonstrating in that moment is I'm going to be— a good sport about it. A good it. sport in rough situations. I love this episode, too, or this date, because also, like, it was an opportunity to get girls' hands and, like— get girls' hands in, like, dirty and messy, and to distract them from making out with Nick. Because every other episode, yeah. it's yeah. like, let's make out in front of each other and make each other jealous. This one is like, no, you can't because you have something to do. Get to work. Yeah. <laughs> and also, why would you want to associate making out with, with the redolent smell <laughs> yeah. of cow poop? Cow poop. Um, yeah, Corinne had like some great quotes, season, that wasn't really a thing, like making out in front of— Not well, once. Because Ben is— did did anyone listen to Ben on um, Juliet Lippman's no. po- The Ringer podcast? He was great, but his biggest criticism of Nick was that very thing. Yeah. The making it. He was like, I just would never have done that. And I don't see how the women are staying around and like, no. okay, seeing that. I mean, which just showed to me the the very large um, was a very difference specific. in approach to sex between the two yeah. of them also, or like anything sexual. I also think it's interesting. A lot of times we'll see the women sort of start kissing Nick and Hobie sort of like, what? The women are right there. But like, I'm not going to like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> you can see his thought pressure yeah, in his like, eyes. Yeah. Like the women know that sexuality is a way to connect with connect with nick and so they use it um understandably yeah each season is a different theme and it has a different tone and you know chris souls is like the all-american country boy then we have ben the boy next door who's you know attracts a certain type of woman that doesn't make out in front of other women and then you have nick who's the very sexual one so it kind of feels like a series of novels and we're yeah. getting dirty now. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Very and dirty. Figuratively. But um, I loved how the little monologue that Corinne went on where she pointed out that <laughs> that Raquel, she wouldn't even let Raquel do farm chores because she's better than farm chores. She works for me. <laughs> oh, my she's gosh. She's farm chores, but not, like, Corinne's personal chores. Right. She's too good to be around flies, but she's just good enough to do Corinne's laundry. Right. And to make Corinne's bed and to slice and Clear distinction here, guys. <laughs> she's like an elite yeah. member Chore of the doer. family. Yeah. 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 She <laughs> does special set of skills. There are farm chores and there are chores. <laughs> 
Just like there's plan dancing and there's dancing. And yes. They're totally <laughs> and different. And there's pasta and there's cheese pasta. Yeah, some people— Not to be confused with mac and cheese. Some people do chores and some people do farm chores. Totally different groups. Some people do dancing. Some people do plan dancing. Mm-hmm. Totally different groups. Corinne can only do dancing. She can't do plan dancing. That's just how it goes. So then we get to the nighttime portion of the date, which, again, is predominantly centered around Corinne and her conflict with the other women. We have little snippets. Um, Christina and Nick have kind of a nice connection, although she starts to be like, (laughs) I want to have the time to tell you about my younger life and how difficult it was. And Nick is like, I do want to hear that. Uh, We don't have a lot of time right now. And then he just talks for a long time about how much he looks forward to hearing it, and then they make out. And I was like, but you could have made a lot of progress. Right. We could have gotten really gotten into this conversation. (laughs) The funny thing is, is like that cocktail hour, you literally have two minutes with him. And so he didn't want to get deep, I'm like a certain. And then he wanted to affirm her in some way. And so he's like, we're going to end this with a makeout on a high note. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that giving her the rose spoiler, was a way to really validate that he actually wants to have that conversation, was a way to say, like, even though I didn't dedicate the time to that tonight, I want to keep you around and I want to get into that. Um, So that was nice. And Christina really popped this episode. I agree. She She is A+. I'm, like, in love with her. Um, also, Vanessa and to her Nick have for... a really sweet moment. Yeah, she Vanessa, has some scrapbook made by her students. Made a book for And she Nick. and Nick seem very natural together. Like, while he was reading the scrapbook, she sort of let her head fall on his shoulder. And they they seem very uh, intimate and comfortable with each other. And yeah, and it also, yeah. yeah, it didn't feel like there was an agenda to their conversation. Like, with That's true. Christina, she was like, she, Christina was like, I want to tell you about my childhood. There's about eight things on the list. <laughs> yeah. Can we cross any of them off today? And Vanessa's kind of like, let me nestle on your shoulder and have, like, you know, I have something for you. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely much further along in their relationship than a lot of the other women. Um, Corinne, in her In the Moments, appears— Intoxicated. Shocker. She is talking about corn. She she is yeah. corn. She's she, corn. Yes. To be clear. She is corn and she you have to peel off the husks, but inside there are sweet, juicy, buttery yellow kernels. And Nick wants them. Nick she knows needs it. them. He needs yeah. them. He does so not bad. just want them. He he needs that corn. Yes. Um so what this is leading up to is that the other women in the group are just seeing the husk. They mm-hmm. aren't seeing the juicy, juicy sweet kernels inside Corinne's husk. So she decides to confront the other women who she's realized because she's very smart. And also they told her <laughs> that they don't care for her behavior and they're not welcoming her. So she sits says down with them and she says, yeah, I haven't been feeling welcomed recently. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so come, they, come to me. Do. Tell me what your problem is. Uh, and Sarah asks, do you actually genuinely think you're ready to marry a 36-year-old man? Great question. It's a solid, yes. fair question. And she was coming from, like, a non-accusatory place. She was, like, genuinely quite, like, curious. Yeah. I think it's very hard to maintain equanimity in a conversation with someone like Corinne who just flies off the handle and talks very rapidly Mm -hmm. 
in response to anything you say. Like I've had those conversations where you're saying something very calm and that you think is very measured and neutral. (laughs) And then the response is so strong and so accusatory and so much that it's stunning and you can't really navigate a conversation with it. I also liked that from the entire exchange, the only thing that Corinne took away was that they criticized her nap. Oh, Whereas yeah. that, that was sort of an aside, an, an example oh Sarah was giving. So, so she then said, <laughs> sorry, guys, I napped. I didn't mean to offend anyone. And then in the moment, she's like, Michael Jordan took naps. Fact. Abe, Abe Lincoln took naps. Fact. <laughs> I take naps. Why can't I take a nap? Why can't I take a nap? If Abe Lincoln takes a nap, you guys, that's why a kernel of knowledge for you. You didn't yeah. know that these people took naps, I mean, but now I you mean, do. I Golden kernels of we just, can just pluck from. If I were just to think cob. of any two people off the top of my head that seem most <laughs> similar to Corinne, I would say Abraham Lincoln and most likely to Michael take Jordan. Naps. Um, someone yeah. updated Wikipedia to add. I know. <laughs> to add that um, Michael the Jordan, Abraham Lincoln, and Corinne are famous nappers in history. That's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> I I have to think that she just made that up out of thin air in the moment, but it was so specific. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Why is is that where you're? She's head been goes? you guys. She's been questioned before about her napping. Definitely. She's been yes. googling. Yes. Who takes but, naps? In I mean, I take naps, and I've been questioned before about my napping, and I'm just like, you know, I get, I get tired. I she's take a, naps. She's a beautiful napper, though, I must say. I've just had flashbacks <laughs> to Sleeping Beauty back in the day every time I see her taking a nap, so. Yeah, and sometimes— With, with the snoring. I just um, yeah, put yeah. over. Dubbed over, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes uh, Greg takes pictures of me when I'm napping, and he thinks it's adorable, and I look at it, and I'm like— this no is one horrifying. is ever seeing that. There's like my mouth is open. There's drool coming out. My hair is sort of in a weird, <laughs> yeah. messy shape. And you can see that I haven't gotten my roots done. Um, she does not look like that. She looks very, very put together. Yeah. Like she laid down with her rose right next to her. Yeah. With her rose As next to her. Yeah. Yeah. Rose petal pillow. Yeah. Rose nestled <laughs> and in. she said, if I, if I were found like this by, you know, a camera, I would be fine with that. Yeah. And then she just gently goes to sleep. <laughs> um, then uh, Christina tries to kindly confront Corinne. I loved this conversation. Me too. So much. Um, so Christina tries to approach it with, a lot of empathy and warmth. She says, I, I've i been defending you. I care about you. Yeah, she, but she's she says she's worried that Corinne might not be able to handle all the pressure that comes with the process and with possibly being Nick's partner because so early on in, that, in the process in the house, she's getting very rattled. And Corinne does not respond well to this, ironically. (laughs) No, she responds by asserting that she had a serious medical condition. Yeah. And they they have this amazing exchange because Corinne has been asserting that she has a serious, serious medical problem. She almost went to the hospital and she tries this on Christina. And Christina just looks her dead in the eye and very calmly says, I'm not stupid, Corinne. Yeah, it was (laughs) so good. died. Um. Corinne did not care for that. 
Um, but Christina sort of says, you know, I'm being direct and you're choosing to hide and we can have a, a real conversation, but you need to be honest. So uh, to that, Corinne hides and goes to Yeah, talk she to says, Nick. we're not going to have this conversation anymore. We're done. But then she does have, you know, like more of an adult convo uh, with Nick. Because, like an adult convo. Yeah, she doesn't think it went well because they didn't kiss at the end. Yeah, she was really sad about it. Yeah. But um, she was very mature because she told Nick that she addressed her issues with the girls head on. And he's just very impressed. And that means it's it's an adult <laughs> convo. I call all of my deep, serious exchanges adult convos. Yeah. yeah. If, if whenever I don't This is make really out, an adult convo. It is because we're not making this, out. Or is this more of yes. like a— <laughs> True. You know, a transitional into adulthood convo. I don't know. It's either an adult conversation or it's like some catty bullshit because we are all women. So <laughs> yes, it could be one of the two. You, you never know. Um, I thought. What was your take um, on how Nick received this conversation? Because I thought it was a really weird approach. As clearly the unpopular woman in the house, you can't be that, and also the girl who complains about the drama. She sort of decides to thread the needle by venting to him while bragging that she handled it really well and that she was direct. And so she just gives basically a little speech about how there's been this drama, but she handled it. She went to them directly, and now she feels so much better. Yeah. And Nick is sort of like, great. He's like, great. Well, that's great that's that you so did that. Great. I also feel like he he's someone who had— a lot of conflict with the mm-hmm. other guys on the seasons he was on. So he has maybe even too much empathy for that problem when, like, it, it's not the same dynamic mm-hmm. as his seasons. And he sort yeah. of forgives a lot of conflict between women because he himself had conflict. I think he is also heeding Vanessa's warning. It's probably like in the back of his mind, like, stay away from Corinne. And so you could see the body language. She was like three uh, feet away. You know, yeah. he didn't get close yeah. to her. And I think he knows like he needs to kind of tone it down with her. And then in the same no dry humping. Right, exactly. Even though he might be tempted. Yeah. Um calm I it down. Imagine. Yeah. But also in the same note for that like you said, like he's done this past seasons and he knows that Whenever you talk about other women in a conversation, it doesn't propel your own relationship. And he's gotten so far in the past because every moment he had with either Andy or Caitlin, he used to the most. You know what I'm That's saying? That's true. Even and when so he had conflict with the other guys, he, he never didn't brought talk it up. It. Right. Yeah. And so Corinne's yeah. bringing it up. So he's like, okay. Yeah. He's like putting her in a distance. So, so I me. guess he's like, great job and sort of dismissing it right. and moving on. Yeah. It's kind of smart. It seemed, yeah, exactly. It seemed like he was sympathetic to her feeling but kind of didn't want to talk about it and wanted to kind of give her the kudos she was looking for so they could move on. And then he gives Christina the group date rose, which I was really happy about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got to move on to Raven's one-on-one. Yes. Raven um, was really growing on me. Yeah. Except for that— I guess we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so they take uh, Nick takes Raven to his sister Bella's soccer game. Bella's eleven. Remember when we met Bella and she, she was, was like a baby, a child, a very <laughs> small child. She has grown up with Bachelor Nation. She's really great on camera. She she, is. she like does not even notice the camera. She's so natural. I'm like I would watch a show all about Bella. 
Yeah. She's going to be the bachelorette one day. We're going to see her grow up. Yeah. I think she's going to be like, I refuse to go through what I've seen my brother go <laughs> well, through. Well, it depends. If he marries Vanessa and they have four beautiful children, maybe That's she'll go true. for it. Um, but she um, – I was kind of a player. little bit uncomfortable with how much they relied on Bella because she is so young. And I loved watching her, but – I was like, wow, this is a really young girl that they're having act as her brother's matchmaker in a way. Yeah. And that kind of— She is—I think she's uh, mature beyond her years. She is. And they they do use um, use um, her—use her. humanizes Nick so much. They have a beautiful relationship. And I kept watching it, and I was like, I wish that my older brother was, like, 26 years older than me, you know? (laughs) Like, they seem so close. America really does love them. Yeah. Yeah. As a family. Yeah. It's so cute. Also, it weirded me out that Nick was referring to Raven as, like, one of the important ladies in his life. Like, my mom, my sister, and, like, this girl I met two weeks ago. (laughs) Well, if they get engaged in three weeks, then it will have turned out to be right. Okay. Um, He did choose her to meet his parents, um, who were at the soccer game. Mm Mm-hmm. That was pretty early for a parent meeting, yeah, too. Yeah, really telling. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like their interaction was pretty good. She seemed super nervous at first. She wasn't making eye contact I with parents. I would be nervous. Yeah. yeah. I've known this guy for not that long. You're on – you know you're being filmed and you're meeting yeah. his family. Yeah. I felt for her meeting Bella, too, because I am so nervous around kids. She was really good with Bella, yeah. actually. Yeah. I think when they first met, she didn't – she. She didn't do the hallmark, like, I'm good with kids sort of re- reaction. And I I had a little twinge of, like, that's how I would act. I would be yeah. like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. You're a much younger human than I am. <laughs> um, but she was great with Bella, and they had a great conversation later. Especially, yeah, during the roller skating, I thought it was really sweet. She yeah. and Bella just sit and chat, and I loved that. Bella wasn't allowed to watch Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, I yeah. That was so I cute. And I love that Nick was doing, like, roller skating tricks in the background. And they did, not, they did yeah. not notice. I know. Um, Someone made a really good gif of just a moment of Nick, like, flying by and Bella and Raven not reacting at all. Yeah. Um, Bella really liked Raven. Um, we also learned that Raven was named Raven in part because her hair is black. That was just a little much for me. I was like, this is this feels too fictional. I can't. Um, but uh, and Bella wants another sister-in-law. So yeah, opposed to a brother-in-law. Well, you never know, Nick. It's never too late, you know, <laughs> to be your real self. Um, and then uh, finally, Raven and Nick get to romantically roller skate together and do some tricks to and kiss make me. out. This was a real throwback. Yeah, I feel like it brought everyone back to like high school. This was like a high school romance. Uh, I yeah. used to go to the roller rink in middle school, and it was yeah. like a real thing. And then did did yeah. anyone go to roller rinks where they would have like now you have to pair off, and now you have to like skate backwards and like they would oh, change yeah. the <laughs> screens to different little prompts. They would put, like, like really good music on, and you'd, like, see other people's moves from across the ring. I know. I feel like I used to be pretty good at roller skating, and now I would just, like, probably fall on my face. Yeah, I would like to do that now. I want to go back and reenact all those dates that I never got to go on in high school because no one wanted to go out with me. (laughs) And, like, I'm going to make Greg do all those things with me. And have that beautiful feeling of like, I'm just a teenager in love, but I'm 28. Filled with children, and you'll be like 
Don't touch skating me. into awkward 11-year-olds. Yeah, when do you go when it's <laughs> mostly empty and there are cameras? I need that to happen. Um, well, I think you should pitch yourself to ABC. I know. I'm already engaged. After, after, <laughs> after the final row. And I've never yeah. been on TV before. I'm not photogenic. Um, and then they have dinner at the Milwaukee Art Museum. That was cool. It was. Adding it to my bucket list. Very empty. Snazzy date. Yeah. yeah. But it was beautiful. It was mood lit. And it was it was kind of like, okay, you've made it through like a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> Let me treat you to something very it's special. It's unfortunate that they can never actually eat on that portion of the date. Right. They feed you beforehand, right? It's Yeah, they do feed you beforehand. And that part of the date is probably like 9 or 10 p.m. So you would have already wanted to eat dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were still prepping up to that point. So you're just sitting there at a dinner table mm-hmm. in the middle of a giant room. No, it sounds really fun. Um, and then they have the cu- – so he's sort of like – so you caught your ex cheating. Tell me about it. He – it was such a weird reaction. He <laughs> was like getting weird. off on this story. He was like, yeah, yeah what happened next? Like oh. it's not it's, – it was such a – He was bright red. It was red. so funny. It was such a bizarre reaction to like you had this trauma. Tell me about it. Oh I guarantee God. you – on my life that that's how she got on the show. She, they were, like, asking in the interview process. So it's like, tell us about one of your exes. And she's like, and I she beat told this the story. shit out yeah. of my, oh my And the producers boyfriend. were like, we need you to talk about this. Yeah. And he's oh like, oh. It was very weird how, like, um, I was like, this is a sort of disturbing story because, it was disturbing. A, like, right. the cheating is really upsetting. And, and it then was B, very graphically you told. you beat the shit out of yeah. Your significant other and apparently maybe the woman that was with him. Like, yeah. why would you ever well, want to see that, too? Like, I would never want to catch know. my ex. Like, sh- I'd be like, you guys end it and, like, we're done. I'm, like, above that. But she wanted to, like, have that image. Yeah. And now we all have that image <laughs> yes. of, of the woman's, the woman's vagina. vagina and thrusting. We heard the word thrusting. I <laughs> never want to hear that word on The Bachelor <laughs> ever again. Yeah. It was so upsetting. Um. She described the position they were in, their level of nudity. Butt naked. Uh, the it, heel. And there was yeah. a, stiletto a stiletto that was used yeah. as a weapon. Um, It's not okay to beat people up because of any – like because they cheated on you. you I know? mean I appreciate that you might have a rage-filled reaction yeah. in the moment. But it was just a very the, – the tone of the story was – was I was uncomfortable odd. with the, like, go you go girl sort of reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to comment on, like, Nick's mannerisms, that whole conversation, because he could not make <laughs> eye contact with her. Yeah. He was, like, really distracted. And he does that a lot. And I don't—I think they couldn't edit it out this time. <laughs> yeah. I think that usually you can tell when he has a very hard time connecting with someone um, right. because he can't— like look at them when they're talking, but he. But did also, he did to seem a little to her earlier. He better. and he was. I mean, I texted you as this was <laughs> happening. I was like, "Why is Nick getting off on this story?" He's like, "Yeah, he was, it was weird." Like he seemed afraid and also turned on, turned on, <laughs> <laughs> which and probably both were true. I don't want to see. You know, it was just. And then they had kind of a nice conversation where. You know, Nick was saying he's never cheated on anyone, and Raven was like, "If someone doesn't value me, they're not worth my time." And that part yeah. is like, okay, I can get, I can get Very on board true. with that. I like that they had a sort of 
genuine seeming follow up to it where she was talking about how she had a hard time telling people that she was cheated on and she didn't know why. And he was like, oh, well, I've been cheated on. It's because you're embarrassed and ashamed yeah, and you feel like you did nice something wrong. Moment. And normally when you have these conversations, there's just a lot of cliche like – you're great, and thank you for telling me that. And it's nice when they actually dig in a little bit yeah. and have a real conversation. So that was kind of cool. Um, she gets the rose. She yes, uh, and no, no private serenade. Cue romantic skating through the museum alone. Oh, my God. Which is a fantasy. Uh, and yeah. I'm still singing that song. In my head. <laughs> Kiss me. Yeah. I do oh, I, that was a good, yeah. Alone. I love that song. Felt like part of a movie. I like it. That very song throwback. is in a lot yeah. of movies. A yeah. lot of it felt like a movie in the way that they were setting <clears throat> dates in more natural settings with yeah. other people in them. There was background noise that felt like natural background noise, and there the soundtrack felt like classic film, and I loved that. Yeah, it I felt agree. so different. Okay, we got to get to the cocktail par- party and the Taylor and Corinne drama because our producer is signaling the like. Yeah. You know, we can't talk forever. Yeah. Um, we can. So, yeah, unfortunately, because as, as everyone who listens to our we podcast can, but knows, we, may not. We, we all could talk forever. Yeah. Um, so Taylor is determined to steal Nick first um, to sort of – because I, I think she feels the conflict with Corinne brewing, and she sort of wants to talk to Nick before. But Danielle she, swoops in. Danielle swoops in. She knows she has the rose. She's like, don't worry. I'm going to bring him right back, and then you guys can have him. And the I was like, well, why did you steal her faces. first? Yeah. I don't know. I I like Danielle, but I understood why Taylor was annoyed. I also just think if you've watched the show, you know that being someone who already has a rose when there's a lot of people left and taking the lead, like, that is a way to get other people pissed off at you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she wants to stand out in front of Nick, but she's already stood out. So why are right. you doing that? Yeah, like you definitely still want time. Like I would never say you don't want time with him because you have a rose, but no, but ahead. maybe not first. Maybe not first, but you know, whatever. She she goes she's for prioritizing it. Prioritizing their relationship, um, and then Taylor decides to prioritize their relationship. So she goes by standing to steal him. uncomfortably over Danielle's she shoulder. She wasn't quite assertive enough in that moment. No, she just stood there and Danielle didn't even realize she was there. So she kept yeah. watching, talking, and, and she I was just like, watching like Nick them. Nick knew she was there. Yeah. I was like, Nick, say face. something. Yeah. Oh no, but Nick's God. kind of awkward in these situations. So he's like, no, Danielle, you finish up and then I'll dress. But then she just kept finishing up for a very long time. It was very awkward. Um, so finally, and- Taylor um, sits down, has this, this conversation Meanwhile, so it was interesting to me that this was the thing that set Corinne off, that Taylor was upset at Danielle. That is That weird. made Corinne, she's like, Taylor's gross. I didn't catch that detail. It's yeah. Crazy. She's like, Taylor's so gross. I'm going to rip her a new one. Yeah. And so at this point, we see Corinne and Josephine kind of teaming up, mm-hmm. which is new. And from what we've seen. They look very natural together, just like friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they have a, a similar look, aesthetic, um, if you will. Yeah, and not a lot of blondes in the house because it's as not, we know, not Nick's thing. <laughs> um, they're eating a lot of the appetizers, just really I did, going. To I town. always find it charming when Me we too. actually get to see people eating. Yeah. It was amazing though, like how 
full Corinne's mouth was. I loved it. <laughs> and she didn't seem to, like, I think Josephine reminded what her were, to chew it. What were the point? appetizers that they were eating? I couldn't even tell. They were in their mouths too quickly. Were they like bagel bite type things? I don't know. Oh, that would have been maybe, great. Yeah. If I if there were bagel bites there, I would have eaten like 100 of them too. I mean, they looked delicious. Um, but it was interesting because so far we haven't really seen anyone <clears throat> side with Corinne. Um, but Josephine was really egging her on. She mm-hmm. was saying, oh, yeah, Taylor is so stuck up. She's the worst. Like, you should – I'll stand with you. And if you Corinne's like, like Taylor's her. a fake-ass bitch who deserves to be called out. Yeah, and Josephine was like, they all talk shit about you, but you never talk shit about anyone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I never talk shit about anyone. Like, that fake-ass bitch Taylor. (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. Also, that line is just such an unnatural thing to say in real life and is such a perfect reality TV line about Mm -hmm. someone. It's just like... Which part? She's a fake-ass bitch who deserves to be called out. I say that all the time. (laughs) Mostly about you, but I never do it. (laughs) But, like, Um, not behind my back, just to my face. (laughs) um, (laughs) You don't know what I've been saying behind your back. But you'll see when all the the reality show airs. Um, So, finally, Corinne goes and confronts Taylor. Um, She initiates the conversation. She sits down and is like, why are you such a huge bitch to me? You need to explain yourself. Tell me what your problem is. And, and Taylor's like, you have no emotional intelligence. And Corinne is like, I'm not an idiot. And Taylor's like, no, I'm not saying you're an idiot. Emotional intelligence is this specific thing. Except she's thing. like, I actually yeah. am saying you're kind of an idiot. I mean. <sighs> they go around in circles. And you could tell I, that Taylor lose pati- loses patience after a while. She's like, I'm over this. Right. I feel yeah. like she's very, you know, she is a. A, a mental health counselor. So I feel like she's trying to be very calm in the way that she's speaking to Corinne. And that is only enraging Corinne more because she feels like she's being talked down to. Mm-hmm. They don't, they have very um, non compatible um, forms of communicating. Yeah. And I've, and that's one of the things that Taylor said. I said non compatible, incompatible. Too late. Of communicating. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's one of the things that Taylor says. You know, she says we're very different, and you can see that in this conversation right now. Yeah. Um, I, I really felt, I understood why Corinne was, felt talked down to, but I'm still Team Taylor because Corinne initiated that conversation. And she was not actually open to it at all. So why did she initiate it? That really bothered me. Like, That's if so you're true. going to that initiate the conversation, then you have to be willing well, to have the conversation and not just talk Corinne people down. Corinne thinks that all that you need to diffuse a conflict is to say you're open to people coming to you. But she doesn't quite grasp that there's another step, which is then grappling with whatever the issue is that people have with you. And Taylor, right. Taylor like, hit the nail on the head. She was like, it's emotional intelligence. It's really not a big deal. It's just something you need to work on. You're right. And then yeah. Yeah. And Corinne true. wasn't willing to swallow that pill. So Corinne was like, I'm going to be really defensive and attack you instead and turn the tables and make you feel unintelligent. And she just made herself look worse. Right. Because yeah. also Taylor is clearly very intelligent. Yeah. That's yeah. not really a question. Right. Yeah. Um, and Corinne points out that she runs a multi-million dollar company, which I believe less every time she says it. Yeah. There's also, no way she actually runs the company. if you ran the company, you can't just leave for three months. Your father runs the company and maybe one, maybe one day you will. And that's cool. But 
We but all know you don't run the company. She's not privileged, though. Yeah. Like, I just no. want to clarify. Just to yeah. clarify, there's no privilege. <laughs> yeah. No. She just runs a multi-million dollar company, and then she takes long vacations to yeah. go on reality TV, and mm-hmm. she models a little bit, and she has a nanny. And she gifts kernels of information, which we <laughs> yeah. all thank her for. Yeah, and kernels, kernels of her soul, really. And yeah. of her boobs. Like, would you call a a, those so boobs immature? Kind of kernels. I would never call those immature. Those are the most those mature are, boobs. Very mature breasts. I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> I bet you have. You're in a house, in a house full of ladies. Yes, yeah. a house full of women. <laughs> well, Corinne literally can't even to be continued. Yeah. And dun, she's dun, like, dun. I'm going to punch Taylor in the face. Dun, dun, dun. Next week on The Bachelor. They're um, definitely getting the two-on-one. Oh, yeah. Which they, is going to be great. They basically said they were getting the two-on-one. Yeah. They're like, next week, it's two against one. And I was like, okay. Who do you think it's going to stay, though? Taylor. I think Taylor's going to stay, too. Yeah, but I Olivia so. today said that she thinks Corinne's going to stay. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I kind of think Taylor's going to stay. I know. Especially how he pulled her in by that fireside. He yeah, like, like her. Nick was like, let me warm you up. And she was like, okay, boo. Aww. Yeah. I think at that <laughs> yeah. end, if, if they weren't on the two-on-one, Corinne would get another week. But I kind of think that when push comes to shove, Nick knows what he actually wants at the end of the day. And I'm not sure— yeah. It's Corinne. I wonder if to the hometown week is going to work against Corinne because it was really hard for me at least to ignore seeing Raven with his parents that it would have been impossible for him to bring Corinne on that date. And if they got engaged, he would have to bring her on that date. There is no way that parents. Nick's parents would be on board with a girl who has potentially a lower maturity level than Bella. Yeah. That would, I mean, Bella could definitely knows how to do her own laundry. Yeah, like, Bella yes. could probably like run her own house. Like she's fine. She's yeah, like, she's like, I'll go to soccer practice, and that would be a, a bad dinner. dynamic because <laughs> Corinne is used to other women doing her laundry, and if there's just like a nice eleven year old around who knows how, <laughs> God forbid, suddenly Bella is running the household. Well. You know, someone is feeding Corinne chicken tacos. Um, it's also, a great life. A little nugget at the end, Alexis. We do not get enough of Alexis. I this know. Corinne drama is taking away from the gem that is Alexis. Alexis is the Michaela of this season. She is afraid of aliens. She is. What and was the other? Wait, there was something else she said she was afraid of, right? Nicholas Cage. Yeah. The I actor. need to meet Alexis. Because of Face she's Off. She's amazing. A movie. A mm-hmm. fictional movie. Okay, Face Off is a terrible movie. Um, she's also afraid of ghosts, which is what initiated the conversation. But it's not one of the two things she's most afraid of. She's more afraid of Nicolas Cage. I, Alexis, please, if, if you're listening to this, please come on our podcast. Kayla, if you ever meet Alexis, I, will, I need you to. I will beam up. her over. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. She'll be, she'll run away. She'll, she'll be, be terrified, terrified. <laughs> but I will beam her. There's got to be at least one, you know, in every group of bachelorettes, one person who's capable of beaming people up to the mothership. Um, all right. So next week, we're thinking probably two on one. Any other yep. predictions? I'm thinking, I don't know. I think more Rachel. Maybe. I was just yeah. going to say, yeah. I, I feel seen like Rachel. Rachel might get a one-on-one. Yeah. We definitely week. see Rachel getting a one-on-one in the season-long teasers in a sort of Nordic location. Which— I think. Yeah. I Yeah. yeah. She was wearing like a— Which parka, makes me think also that jacket. it's—she's going to be around for a while yeah. because yeah. they don't— 
usually go that far away until yeah a little further into so the I'm season. I'm looking forward to that. People don't talk much about Rachel. I think she's still I think she's going to be like runner. a sleeper Don't hit a little bit because like, we've yeah. seen her connect with Nick really well in the moments that we do have but she's yeah. not a dramatic person so she's not yeah, taking it. up a lot of camera time right now but we have to remember like on Sean Lowe's season you hardly even saw Catherine until they were already traveling yeah, yeah. so you true. never know um, a lot of dark horses this season. Yes. But well, yeah. literally dark mains. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the main chick. <laughs> oh, but I'm pumped. <laughs> you can write the date cards, Kayla. Thank you. Seriously. <laughs> Kayla's secretly this writing is the your date new, cards. Yeah, after, yeah, this is your new calling. You like, put aside the blog. Put aside your, all of your other endeavors. Yeah. Um, writing date cards is a full-time Then, job. you know, take over for Chris Harrison. I would totally do that. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. Chris. <laughs> All right. Until next week. Thank you so thank much you for, so much joining, for us. joining us. Thank you, Claire and Emma. We always so much love having yeah, you. This is great. And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. And now it's time for Feminism Fails. First, Raven describes assaulting her ex with a stiletto after catching him cheating. Uh, I I feel for her, um, that trauma, but physical violence, still a big no-no, regardless of the situation. So let's, let's give that one a three. Yeah, not okay just because of a cheating situation or because you're a lady. Still no right, hitting. Still, still called assault. Um, and we only have one other feminism fail this week, but it was spread out pretty evenly throughout the episode. A lot more uncomfortable, slut-shamey attitude from the ladies this episode, which was sad. Keep focusing on Nick. We're going to give that a three as well. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Kayla Quinn, and our producer, Nick Offenberg. If you haven't yet, remember to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Five stars. Five and stars. a glowing review. We love those. We're also on Facebook, so please like us. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily Rose. Or you can send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffingtonpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like 
take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. 